everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. Uh, this episode uh, does uh, better than I was expecting, honestly. And then, as usual, it craps the bed, but not quite as bad as usual. It's better than last week. Way I can, better than last I could oh recognize it as a Simpsons episode, Matt. I think that's the... I, I, it's not a high mark to clear, right? You can get there pretty easily, I feel like, but it does do it. Last week did not. This feels like an actual Simpsons episode. Mm-hmm. Hi, hello. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, support us at multiple levels get different rewards lots and lots of bonus stuff on there if you're looking for more Matt and Robbie in your life we are there hundreds of hours of extra content if you want it Uh, we we appreciate everyone who supports us Uh, we have someone to thank Matthew ooh yay Peter Savin Savin thank you Peter thank you Peter This week's episode is Bart Stops to Smell the Roosevelts, episode NABF-17, originally aired October 2nd, 2011, written by Tim Long, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, received a 3.4 rating with 6.2 million viewers. The chopper gag, it's not too early to speculate about the 2016 election. Oh, boy. (laughs) Pulling my collar, pulling my collar. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Um, The couch gag is a John K. Of Ren and Stimpy fame animated couch gag where Homer demands a beer and Marge gets it for him. Uh, this is where I will say that John Kay uh, has been credibly accused of sexual assault and grooming uh, teenage girls. Uh, and if you didn't know that, now you do. It's inexcusable, terrible behavior. And his only reason he wasn't investigated by the police is because it passed the statute of limitations. He's not involved with a new Ren and Stimpy. Thank the Lord. Yeah, if he had been, no one would have gotten near it. And yeah. Correctly so. Right. Uh, but that's that's all I'm going to say. This episode guest stars Theodore Roosevelt as himself via archive recording. <laughs> guest stars a president. A de- long dead one. Long dead president, yep. <laughs> a long dead president. Uh, I do think it's kind of funny, though. This episode begins uh, with the f- family. There's is, is this what this is? A debt meeting? Is that what this is, Matt? I mean, it's a school meeting, but it's about how the school is out of money. It's like a fundraiser, essentially. But, like, they walk in, and there's an octopus holding a bunch of bills, and everything is about how they need money for the school. Okay. It's under-the-sea-themed. Like, there's fish and nets and mermaids and, and whatever. Um, it's fine. Uh, here, Matt, I'll ask you the question. Did you laugh at anything in this episode? Hmm. I don't think so. I didn't laugh. I did mm, smile mm. at a couple things. I think I smiled a couple times, which is something. Yeah. It's something. Um, but this episode is certainly not funny. Uh, I think that's... I would not describe this episode as funny. Uh, it it certainly doesn't get too hilarious. Um, it is cute at times and smart, and, and it makes me smile once or twice. I think if it was funnier, this episode might even be good. But they kind of just forgot some jokes along the way. Um, but we are, they are fundraising the, the school's in debt. And so we have this auction auctioning off things from around town, services, et cetera, et cetera. Um, among, but this is, a, why would you invite only parents to this? Right. Wouldn't you invite the whole town? Like this, they treat this like a PTA meeting or something, but wouldn't this like you bring in all of Springfield for this? If you want to raise money for a fa- like, Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, this is all just to get us to the plot. Uh, I feel like it takes way too long, but it's very. This is a very familiar formula. Bart gets in trouble. We get and then get somebody fired, and then oh no, Bart's sad and he has to get them their job back. We've seen this multiple times now with different members of the school, um, and I think even other people outside of the school at this point. I I haven't actually don't have a list in front of me or anything, but it feels like this plot has been done five times, probably this exact plot. Uh, at the very least, yeah. It doesn't. That also doesn't help things. Where you're just like, oh, it's this, but with a different character. You're like, okay, it was it was better the previous times, but okay. Um, we start this auction. And we get immediately get a phone call in uh, from a obviously Bart doing a British accent. 
Hello? Calling from England? Certainly I can put you on speakerphone. I am Edith Nickertwist, an eccentric widow. <laughs> For this masterpiece, I bid... $1,000. Sold to the mysterious and unverified Mrs. Nickertwist. Next item. Our school band will play at a function of your choice. I bid $4,000. Well, looks like our model solar system will finally get an Earth. And that concludes tonight's auction, which has raised a school record $116,000. And our windfall is all thanks to our dear new friend on the phone... Got a bad feeling about this. I'm Mrs. Nickertwist, and I've had a proper hearty heart at your expense. <laughs> Why do I believe everything I hear in a British accent? He has thrust upon us the motley of the tomfool! Okay, so Bart has purchased fraudulently everything in the auction. Or agreed to purchase. Agreed to purchase, reveals immediately reveals his his fraud. And then, okay, Matt, I'm just going to, we're just going to keep going. I would say that you would just immediately just hold the auction again. You would just get, yeah, you would, you would just, or not be a moron like Skinner and say, oh, this person who f- phoned in to do this, we haven't verified them at all. Let's not take their, their it's, bid. Again, it's just, this is just fluff. Like there's ways to make, give Bart making mischief and make it very easy. You can immediately, you can literally start the episode with Bart doing a prank you just yep. in media res it's happening you don't need to build all this stuff up we've watched the simpsons before but whatever this goes on forever because they try and get homer to pay for it it takes a long time um we finally cut to the next day i guess where chalmers is kind of insulting skinner uh because he can't keep control of Bart Simpson. And this is maybe my favorite thing in this entire episode, where we see Skinner push back. We see Skinner say, This hey. is like the first time we've ever seen Skinner talk back to Chalmers in the entire Simpsons series. Exactly. It's really, it's really refreshing, and I like it a lot. Skinner? Yes, sir. I was very pleased with your work last night. Really? Nope. Fooled again. I'd say you were dumb as a post, but at least you can put a sign on a post that says fresh strawberries one mile. You are a nitwit in an ill-fitting suit. I'll have you know I'm lop-shouldered. I'm sorry, what did you say? I said I'm lop-shouldered, and I have been since I was hung by my armpits in a North Vietnamese prison. I... I didn't know that. Oh, the list of things you don't know could fill a week's worth of morning announcements with enough left over for a sent-home flyer. There's no need for hyperbole, Seymour. If you think it's so easy to handle Bart Simpson, why don't you do it yourself? You tell him, Seymour. As some guy said to some dude with a beard, death to tyrants. You mean Booth and Lincoln? I'm not the history teacher anymore. Fine. I will personally take over Bart Simpson's education. And for once, that boy is going to learn something. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm expecting an important call. And cell phone coverage in here is, uh, spotty. <laughs> oh, nicely done, Seymour. I guess there are some stones in your leaf bag after all. While I'm on a roll, I'm going to call that carpet cleaning service and tell them our hallway doesn't count as a room. Hello? Is Andre there? Oh, yes, I'll hold. Uh-huh. I, 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 at this point, I didn't really know what this episode was about, Matt. And I was just like, oh, is this gonna, is there going to be more of this? Is, are we getting more Skinner and Chalmers, like Skinner pushing back? No, this is it. We don't get really Skinner. This is, it. This is, the, this is the end of the Skinner's involvement until the very end. Yeah, he's not really in this for the most part. This is a Chalmers episode, strangely enough. Um, we never, this might, this is the first Chalmers episode, really, right? I'm pretty sure. It's the first one where he plays more than a minimal role who just when, shows up to annoy Skinner. When he plays his stereotype, right? His one note. Uh, this is a, a attempt to fl- to fill him out a little bit, to flesh him out a little bit. Mixed results, I would say. Um, this is something where we see vulnerability, where you because he we see him go to the bathroom in a like rush because he's remembering when he was a teacher, and we get a very. This is a. This, I don't know what. This is where we get a Breakfast Club slash Fight Club reference. 
Which is the last time Chalmers had to teach. He got beat up by students. He got beat up by the cast of The Breakfast Club. Literally, it's just them. Then we get a joke about how they went on and not did anything, really. And I'm like, eh, that's not, I don't know if that's per- completely fair. There's some, most of them still worked. Like, they didn't become superstars or anything, but they still, like, were in movies. I don't, whatever. It feels like, that's kind of mean. Emilio Estevez, I mean. Yeah, he was in Mighty Ducks, you know. Yeah. What's, you don't, no one, quack, quack, quack. No one? Nothing? Uh-huh. Knuckle puck? Come on. Am I the only one? <laughs> You're the one with the knuckle puck. I remember the quack, 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 but not the knuckle puck. Knuckle puck. That's okay. We're, I'm not going to... Let's not talk too much about the Mighty Ducks. Um, but Chalmers has his flashback. It's strange. Uh, and then we get Chalmers kind of talking to Bart and deciding that the way he's going to try and... I guess... Because this is also, like, weirdly structured. Like, is he just trying to get Bart to behave? Is... Or is he actually, like, taking over his entire education? Yeah, like, we don't really know what the stakes are. It's more like, oh, he needs Bart. Like, if it's to get Bart to behave, I this it makes somewhat more sense than we need Bart to get good grades. Um, but still, you're just, it's kind of, it's part of the problem. There's not a lot of focus on what's actually at stake. And it becomes clear it's, they don't really try and put anything at stake here because this is only a step right towards the the actual plot of this episode which again still has not happened so Chalmers starts off by teaching him about Teddy Roosevelt he decides Teddy Roosevelt is going to be a good like entry point to Bart I guess to both give him an interesting historical figure to focus on and I think I think this is intended Matt okay this might be me giving them more credit than than it's worth but I think also, like, trying to give Bart a strong role model, right? Essentially, yes. Uh, basically, the idea behind it is that Chalmers thinks that the school system, we'll find this out later, we don't know yet, that he thinks the school system has failed Bart and other boys like him uh, because it's not challenging them the way they need to be challenged. And he's not wrong in that, but at this point, we don't know that. At this point in the episode, it's just Skinner teaching uh, Skinner uh, challenging Chalmers to teach Bart or to, to be in charge of his education, and that involves discipline as well as actually getting him to learn stuff. But it's very nebulous at this point. Right. And so we see this country introduction. We see Bart at a computer learning about Teddy Roosevelt and, and actually getting excited about learning. I believe they are. My opponents do not. Hey, this Roosevelt guy was sort of interesting. Did you know he was a colonel in the army? You don't say. And one time during a speech, he was shot by a saloon keeper, but Teddy finished his speech before heading to the hospital. Ah! I'm mad at you for some reason. I've never said this before, but I'd like to learn more. Uh, I had to include, I wanted a clip of a president of of a long dead president on our podcast. On our podcast. That's literally the only reason I included the Teddy Roosevelt bit in there. Just to, just to get it in there. So in a thousand years, when someone's listening to this podcast, they can say included has, has Teddy, (laughs) guess, guess Teddy Roosevelt, just like the Simpsons did. Um, this isn't a, this first act is not bad. It is a little, takes a like, I don't know. It's a mild complaint of the latter, the latter Al Jean era, but it just takes forever to get going. It takes for a long time to get things going, to to get moving. And I don't mind this Bart and Chalmers stuff. It's interesting at this point, but it does take us eight minutes and ten seconds to get to the end of the second of the first act, which is quite a bit. Uh, we go to commercial. And when we come back, we continue on with the Teddy Roosevelt knowledge uh, with uh, Chalmers and Bart uh, learning more about fun Teddy Roosevelt stuff and eventually getting into the outdoors. And Teddy Roosevelt killed more Spaniards in one day than most people do in their whole lives. You know, I hate to say this, Bart, but the library is about to close. Really? I wanted to learn more about trust busting. Take that, Standard Oil! Tomorrow, son. Tomorrow. Well, I've learned a lot today. Now to go home and let TV slowly rot it all away. Eh, 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 not so fast. Teddy Roosevelt believed you could learn from books, but he also believed you can learn just as much from the out-of-doors. I thought teachers only went outdoors to smoke and cry. 
Uh, yes. Son, have you ever seen a horse your father wasn't betting on? No, sir. Come with me. Hmm. <laughs> so, Bart, what have you learned so far? Well, when horses poop, they don't stop. They just keep walking. Yes, yes. Well, here's another fun fact for you. All around you is a national park created by Teddy Roosevelt. Ooh, wow. In here, I thought God created all this. Thanks for setting me straight. Well, wait, I didn't mean that. You filled my head with horse poop and atheism. In all these years, I thought I was unteachable. Let's stop talking now. It's very important to stop talking to Bart at a certain point. Otherwise, things are just going to go off into a horrible, horrible direction, as Chalmers has found out. Uh, but yes, this is this is where we start on the actual plot. Uh, because we see that, oh, Chalmers has another way of teaching kids like Bart. And uh, it seems to be working. Bart is actually excited about all this. Although... As happens with kids like this, it's going to go in a bad direction eventually. I, I, they take the wrong, like, it feels like this episode, like, has some good ideas and then just goes off well off in the wrong direction with them. Like, oh, we were about to get to that. I, that's the thing, Matt, where I'm like, oh, it's interesting. Like, oh, not all students get, can learn the same way. And it would help to, like, you know take some kids out of the classroom to learn things and they might be better students and probably more behave better and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, no, we get something about, but you've got crusty old Chalmers doing it. Yeah. So gonna, that, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. So uh, we're going to get there very quickly. So Bart is at home. He's doing some calisthenics while uh, watching something about Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, Lisa comes in, and he goes, oh, Teddy Roosevelt. I went through my Teddy Roosevelt phase in first grade. Now I'm into FDR. And they have a little fight about who's better, FDR or Teddy Roosevelt. And, you know, obviously both have their strengths and weaknesses, uh, but whatever. Uh, meanwhile, Abe hates FDR. Uh, and basically every, you know, family that has ever been involved in politics and some that haven't because Abe is a kooky old man. And isn't that funny how much he hates things? Woo. I, I, that, this, like, that joke about the 2016 election met in the chalkboard gag, like, it's just, mm -hmm. they, yep, mm-hmm, yeah, real funny, uh -huh. really mm -hmm. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Bart at school the next day uh, is talking to Milhouse and the bullies about Teddy Roosevelt and gets them all interested because, obviously, Bart is having a good time, and he gets them excited about, you know, learning those same kind of things that he's learning in. And then we find out, uh, when they go to Chalmers' house where he is uh, drinking a little whiskey while he talks to them about what's wrong with the school system. Oh, boy. I'd be glad to have you boys join our experiment in manly education. The fact is, today's modern schools have completely failed you. School failed me? Does school have to go to summer gymbo? <sighs> Look at him, boys. He is the canary in the coal mine of a dying empire. You're in my coal mine now, bitches! Yeah. Boys are falling behind in every subject because our classrooms are entirely geared towards girls. It's all about feelings and celebrating differences. But I loved reading It's Cool to Cry. Well, it's not cool to cry. <laughs> Boys need to explore, build things, wreck those things, and then build them again. Our first lesson begins this Saturday with an overnight trip to Springfield Forest. Legend has it that Teddy Roosevelt visited the forest and lost a pair of his trademark spectacles. This weekend, we set forth in search of those spectacles. <laughs> this is all well and good, but I must know, what are spectacles? Glasses. So here's where the episode takes a bit of a turn, uh, and it feels like it was written by a cranky old man. Basically, Abe in writer form. I, I, I don't know. Like, okay, is it realistic that Chalmers believes these things? Of course, true. Yes, yes, it is. But it's more interesting to me if he didn't. If he went, oh well, I actually maybe maybe this is how. Okay, here, Matt. This is I'm all right. I'm. A, I'll spoil a bit. I don't think this episode's broken, right? when you're going to ask me in about ten, mm -hmm. 10, 20 minutes. Um, but I will say that if you want to fix it, it, this is where you like, you have a point where if you really, and like, I feel like the goal of this episode should be to make Chalmers a real character, right? Like back in the day, that's how season two, season three, we had 
Flanner's episodes. We had Skinner episodes. We had we had uh, you know uh, Patty Selma episodes that kind of fleshed them out and gave them more to do. Krusty for the same thing. And this is what you do with Chalmers. And you could say that, oh, the reason he stopped being a teacher is because he tried to do things like this. Take kids out of the classrooms. Try to teach them in new and different ways to reach them when kids were having behavioral problems. And then that he got pushed back from the, the people on top. And so it, he didn't get beat up. For very up. good reasons. Right. But he didn't get pushed. He didn't get beat up at a breakfast club fight club. He got he quit being a teacher because he and because of you know institutional policies whatever, and you could make him more in so no now he's going to revisit that and try that again now as a superintendent with a little bit more authority, but no instead yeah, you, it's about feelings. Really, well, yeah, because it's like the ideal way to do this is to have Chalmers believe this, but not necessarily about boys because that's stupid. I am a boy. I was a boy, and I had no problem learning in you know the school environment. But it's just how some people are. Just have Chalmers say that. Oh, some kids don't learn well at this. That's why most schools have moved on to project-based learning, at least the good ones. So they, because they understand that kids don't, you know, the average school system in the U.S. is designed to turn out obedient factory workers who know just enough to not get <laughs> themselves killed. Uh, and Chalmers's idea is like, hey, let's get kids out in nature where they learn important skills about how to actually live, and you can incorporate, you know, the important parts of science and history and these sorts of things. Uh, make him do that, like make him into a good guy, and make him have have him had pushed back against uh, this kind of thing back in like I don't know, at this point in The Simpsons, back in the eighties when he was a teacher, have him be the kind of person that was a no, no, we need to get kids out doing this sorts of things, and you know you had the people from on top saying no, 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 we have to keep them in the classroom, keep them docile, blah blah blah, and now he's he wants to you know get back to this kind of thing. He's like, oh well, I'm in charge now. How about I try and do this? And that would make it far more interesting, but no. Instead, you have a cranky old man saying, "Boys don't learn well in school." I mean, I, I sim- yeah. similarly, similarly, Matt. I'm also like I learned quite well in uh, classrooms because uh, that's just ha- how how I happen to digest. I can digest yeah. knowledge that way very easily, but not everyone's the same as me, which is a lesson that took me a long time to learn as well. Um, I yeah, they're oh girls or I mean no, it's there's actually. Girls enjoy the classroom perfectly. No girl has ever had a problem learning the classroom <laughs> really about that. I mean, the problem is, Matt, like, this could be – and they do, like, a little nod to, like, maybe Chalmers is just an idiot thing at the very end of the episode. Yeah. But it doesn't really – they don't ever actually, like, ever satirize this these beliefs. So it just comes across as they think this. And you're like, okay, thanks, Simpsons. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, the kids, the, the bullies, uh, Millhouse, Bart, and Chalmers go out into nature. They go out into this natural park, which looks amazing. This is, looks like if, if you ever said, oh, I want to enjoy the great outdoors, this is exactly the kind of national park you picture in your head. It's, uh, it's Yosemite. Robbie and I as – yeah, it's Yosemite. Robbie and I as Floridians, that is not the natural outdoors hey, hey, that we get to enjoy. Matt, 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 Matt. Okay. Right now, this is uh-huh. – you could have not chosen a worse time to say this. It is beautiful in Florida right now. It is perfect. Okay, it's still too hot. It's still at least ten degrees. It's gonna be eighty-five today. Okay, eighty. But give it another month, and I maybe don't, Matt, you... I, I don't want to walk outside with a hoodie on at, at any point. I don't want. I want to wear shorts. You're a nutcase. You were a madman, and your size. I don't understand why you ever want to wear any any clothes at all. Um, <laughs> but but you need a lot of surface to cool but off. But right. Florida's beautiful. I won't hear the slander. Okay, I love Florida. It just doesn't have any hills. Okay. Hey, Florida is gorgeous from like mid-November through some years March. All Matt, right, Matt the rest is, of the year, Matt mm. is a, Matt, it's sweat is fine. All right, uh, you you don't like to no, sweat. Go up, <laughs> you just sweat a little bit. You'll be fine. You'll be okay. Florida's beautiful. I went to the beach. Be there. You leave Florida. Go live somewhere else for a long time that doesn't have beautiful Atlantic or or frankly <laughs> bay beaches like go go see a texas beach all right i want you go see the the gulf coast of texas and then you tell me oh florida's not beautiful florida that beaches would require are, me to go to texas which ain't happening i mean i did just leave there so i can't argue with you uh-huh what are we what happened in this episode okay so <laughs> the kids are enjoying their time in the wilderness and it looks really nice it looks cold because they're all bundled up uh one morning uh you know, the kids are all uh, still asleep. Chalmers wakes up and Bart joins him. And we I, get a genuine moment that I thought something really cool was going to happen. Chalmers talks about his dead wife. 
And I was like, oh, man, are we going to get to know, you know, with Chalmers' situation? I mean, I, I don't think at this point, Robbie, do we know that, that Shauna is his daughter yet? Okay. I mean, I don't know what we know, Matt. I can't keep any of this straight. But this, yeah, you get a very brief moment where you're, oh, hope. Yeah, oh, they're going to give we some, get some Chalmers' backstory? We're going to get something, yeah, like, like, vulnerable, make him vulnerable? No. Yeah. And instead, instead, he pours whiskey into his coffee. Bart pours soda into his milk, and then Nelson yells because he has found the Teddy Roosevelt spectacles, or you know, some people at least like them. That Chalmers totally hasn't planted there. That's just my headcanon for this episode. Uh, but Nelson has found these on the side of a I don't know if I call it cliff face, but you know, down into a little gully uh, nearby. It's a hill. A hill. It's a decline. Yeah, edge, uh, it's it's off the side of a hill, but it's one of those cut into the hill kind of things. So he's holding on to a plant uh, that's I mean, held by its roots. And unfortunately for Nelson, this is a very stupid thing to do. Uh, he went down there by himself. No one's got a safe gun or anything on him. He's holding on by this plant. And then when the plant, you know, disconnects from the wall, because, you know, it's only got a few roots in it and he falls down. And luckily this hill is like Nelson was like 10 foot off the ground. So it's not really a big deal, but obviously he hurts his arm. Uh, we next cut to all of the kids, uh, Nelson, especially with, you know, Chalmers in the school with whoever Chalmers bosses, I guess he's the state comptroller Atkins. That's, that's who that is. I don't know. I guess that's his boss. Yeah, I guess it's his boss. Uh, and he's saying, that, oh, Chalmers took them on an unsanctioned field trip. So I guess he didn't get approval for any of this, which seems weird, but OK. Chalmers always seemed like a by, uh, by the book kind of guy. And of course, uh, Nelson's mom is going to sue the school because she got her a lawyer from one of the buses. <sighs> it's fine. Man. Let's make fun of buses, it's, the lawyers it's, inside the buses. It's fine. Yeah. Either way, Chalmers gets fired and we go to a commercial. This is the actual plot of this episode. <laughs> yeah it's taken yeah. it's taken us 14 minutes to get here come back in 14 minutes and 12 seconds bart now is upset he's kind of he's back in the classroom and he's bored it's the same problem he had before um this stuff is effective but it's i think it's just happening too late in the episode we haven't got this should have happened yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about this in uh fix this episode but i have some ideas on how to make this episode better but this this is this is where the episode gets slightly interesting but not really I think that's the thing where, like, it's not a bad idea. It just takes forever to get going, and it it, it feels like they didn't write any jokes. Um, and it ends very abruptly. It does, and that's the, uh, that's the part of the problem. The pacing is bad. Um, so Bart's bored. Edna is kind of just telling him to keep keep your mouth shut, put your head down. Uh, you're not obvious. This is not for you, basically. And like, it, it this is a yeah. actually we effective need scene. you to be a janitor someday. Okay. This is an effective scene because it is very much like Bart's like, I like she's asking him about rocks and he's like, well, what do you mean rocks? I can't even see them. And she's like, go to this page. He's like, my book doesn't even have that page. Someone ripped it out. She's like, put your head down. And you're like, that is actually effective. It's not Bart misbehaving. It's literally Bart can't learn. And you get a really good window into why Bart was doing better out in like in a park. Yeah, and if if this scene or something one like it had taken place in I don't know the first five minutes, we would be able to see oh Bart's not responding to the education here, and then he does his prank and he's acting out because he's bored and can't learn like this. Oh, that gives us an impetus for an episode. How about that? But then he goes to talk to Chalmers, who is fishing. Um, Chalmers is depressed because he doesn't have a job anymore. Um, and I guess this is the impetus for Bart to have. He, Bart basically is like oh. I want Chalmers to get his job back. Um, and it's, I don't know. This is, I guess, a slightly different take on this, all this, because it's not Bart's fault that Chalmers get, got fired. It's technically Nelson's fault. Um, it's not I really, mean, really, it's Chalmers' fault for, you know, not taking or not watching them better because, again, they're elementary school students and not good elementary school students. So he probably should have, uh, you know, one, not gone on an unsanctioned field trip and two, watched them better. I mean, it's just, I don't, it's all it's it's this way because they wrote it this way Matt. like it's not i don't know like i it's it doesn't feel like it's fair i think that's the whole point it's not supposed to be fair that chambers got fired he was trying to do the right thing and because of an oversight he got fired um and so bart and the rest of the kids the bullies uh in millhouse they hatch a plan. They start a group. They start the Brotherhood of the Spectacles, and they meet in Bart's treehouse, and they have a plan. 
to get Chalmers' job back. I'm thinking of something big. So big it involves taking over the entire school and not giving it up till Chalmers gets his job back. Ugh, Bart, your mother thinks there's something suspicious about all you boys having a meeting in this treehouse. Well, Dad, since you are taking an interest in us, maybe I should tell you... Oh, Marge! My ice cream's melting and I haven't finished my brownie! Come in and get some more! You guys need to get a woman. This is them clearly going, we need to write jokes. Let's have Homer show up. Yeah, and be misogynistic. Mm. Yeah, I, it, I don't know what it is. Like, again, it's it, it's things like this where you go, oh, they, they just grandpa jokes, like Abe jokes. You're like, oh, Abe wrote these jokes. You're like, okay, who, who's who's responsible? Who's this old, who's writing old man jokes, boomer jokes in, in the writer's room at this point? Um, we get them, their plan. We see it in action. And I kind of like it, and I kind of hate this. Uh, because it's actually it's very clever and it like it reminds me of old you know golden years you know Bart has a plan it reminds me even it's like a um uh Bart the general even like it reminds me of that like it's so like it's just you know we see Bart have a plan and then they enact it um to do something um kind of at rogue action but also in this mo- like montage of them taking over the school. Jimbo seduces a secretary, an adult woman. Oh, yeah. And, like, I know Jimbo's supposed to be older. Like, he's not actually in elementary school. Like, they they talk about all the bullies and from different times as basically adult men at times. <laughs> they have children. Yeah, I mean, Kearney is supposed to have a son who's also at the elementary school. That's the thing. Like, you're not sure, like, how old Jimbo is. But as far as I remember, he's always been, like, a high schooler age, really. He's, like, 14 that shouldn't be in elementary school, but it's weird to do this. Why is like, this is just like, this is 2011. It's not that long ago. Like, what are we doing? Um, but Bart had, he, as part of this plan, Bart gets control of the school PA makes an announcement and tricks all of the teachers to leave the school and then takes over. Bart, what are you doing? Taking over the school with all the kids inside. What? I'm telling Mom. Great. You can call her from the closet phone. Hello, Mom. You won't believe what Bart's doing. There really is a phone in there? Oh, so immature. Yo, teach once. The Brotherhood of the Spectacles has taken over the school. Oh, no, please. Don't make us start our weekend early. Our paychecks are in there. Ah! Why didn't I sign up for direct deposit? Seriously, who gets a real paycheck, like a physical paycheck anymore? I mean, sometimes it's easier to prove things with paper copies of things. I mean, that's fair. Even if it's a pain. I would mm-hmm. just, I, I think I've always, I, I haven't got a proper paycheck in a long time, Matt, so you're going to have to ask somebody else. Um, we, go to our, <laughs> we go to our final commercial. It's 17 minutes and 45 seconds, leaving us about two minutes, two and a half minutes to wrap all this up. Indeed. Uh, when we come back, we see that it's standoff. We see that uh, the you know, boys are have locked down the school with all the kids inside, all the teachers trapped outside. Uh, the police uh, are there. Uh, the boys, uh, Skinner is about to have Willie break into the school uh, with his tractor, but then the boys threaten to uh, throw the copier out the window, which would be quite the impressive feat because those things are real heavy. Uh, apparently, they have a 30-year mortgage on that copier, which I... You know, not to get reality into this at all, but I'm pretty sure most copiers these days are on like a lease basis. Like you just pay some company so much money per month. They bring you a copier. They take care of all of your paper and whatnot, and they do all the maintenance. So anyway, copiers are expensive. That's the joke. Uh, so Willie uh, Skinner commands Willie to stop, and then the cops show up and say that, oh, they're about to, they're about to come in hard. And how many people are, how many kids are we going to lose if they, you know, storm the building, which dear God, they're kids with no weapons. What do you mean? Anyway. Uh, but then when, once Bart tells them their demands, uh, Chalmers shows up to talk him down. Let me talk to the boy. <sighs> it's time for you to stand down, son. When I met you, you were nothing more than a thick file of infractions. Now I see a young man I'm proud to call my disciplinary problem. Thanks. But these Rough Riders aren't dismounting until you get your job back. Uh, What do you think, Chief? Can we take the building without hurting anybody? Well, if a group of Muppets can take Manhattan... Ah! 
Job restored. Increase in title? Fine, fine. You're super duper intendant. That's all I ever wanted. No hard feelings? Nothing but hard feelings, Seymour. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's basically the end. Uh, Bill House ends up throwing the copier out the window anyway because he didn't get his nap. Ha, 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 ha. And then we get a brief stinger at the... He strips all the... his clothes off too, Matt. Don't forget that. Of course. He gets so crazy because he didn't get his nap. This, you know, uh, 10-year-old. Um... Uh, but then we get a nice stinger at the end where Chalmers and Bart are on horses going through the national park. And uh, I, I forget what's the joke supposed to be in that last one, Robbie. I forgot to write it down. I honestly don't remember, Matt. Neither do I. It's something stupid. It's one of those. Oh, let's just stop talking now, kind of things as well. I I don't I, um I I don't know if I've mentioned it. I but I'm operating on like two brain cells today, so I'm I'm it's a good thing I can if if I can string together a coherent sentence. That's that's all I hope for the rest of this podcast. To be fair, fair. Uh, so uh, that Robbie, ending is this... <laughs> that ending, Matt. You just ask. Go ahead, Robbie. Is this episode broken? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's broken, Matt. And no. we can certainly discuss how you can improve it. Um, the ending is by far the worst part of it. Like it is again. Like it is clear. Like they wrote themselves to this point with two minutes left and they're like, well, I don't want to rewrite all of it. Let's just end it in two minutes. And you're like, well, you kind of undercut everything you set up for the most of this episode by getting it by short, shortcutting to the end where, where he gets his job back because a cop shoots the comptroller on, was that on purpose? Did he purposefully shoot the comptroller in the leg? Uh, No, uh, Wiggum went to pull out his gun, dropped it and it shot the comptroller in the leg. Okay, but why does that get Skinner his job? No, Skinner's Chalmers his job back. Who even knows, Robbie? Because they they ran out of time, like you said. That's okay. that's it. That's... I mean, that's yes. Okay, it's, I'm, that's why I asked, Matt. It's just nonsense. Like this is a this is a bad ending to what is an okay episode. The episode itself is okay. It's not funny. That's I think honestly, it's the biggest sin. I could forgive a lot of the rest of this if it had jokes. Like it just isn't very funny. Um. But this ending where you have this weird standoff, like the standoff is fine, honestly, but it does need to be. I feel like Chalmers needs to come in and like this is time for a speech, right? For Chalmers to give that like Teddy Roosevelt-esque speech where he talks about what a, like what being a good person is or being an upright individual is, right? Like that that kind of like that stiff upper lip kind of thing. And instead, we get this weird, like, nonsense slapstick with the comptroller getting shot. And you're like, what is this? What is, this is not coherent to the rest of this episode. Um, it's not like you cut off the first five minutes of this thing. You start with Bart getting into a prank war. And you get to the meat of it much faster. It's that simple. You said you had some ideas, Matthew? Where Was it something along those <sighs> yes. lines? Essentially, yes. Like, I... I... Like we said, that the episode is supposed to be about Chalmers getting fired for the way he decided to teach Bart and the boys. One, I want this obviously to happen earlier in the episode. We don't need all this lead up to this drama and other stuff. You open the episode with Bart pulling, uh, Bart being bored in school. Bart pulls a prank. Bart gets in trouble. We don't need all this non-jokes of you know, this fundraiser and Bart faking it or whatever. Like That's not even a good prank. That's stupid. You have to have Skinner be a complete moron in order for that to make sense. So you start with the Bart board, Bart prank. Skinner stands up to Chalmers and says, all right, you teach him. And then Chalmers realizes that, oh, we, we have a, a short flashback to him trying to teach students like this before and to them telling him not to do that. Then, you know, Bart, we basically have exactly what happened. Chalmers says, hey, you know, let's get you out of the classroom. Let's talk, go out in the outdoors and talk about history and science and these sorts of things. And eventually more students decide to glom onto this. Lisa can be one of them. Don't make Lisa an antagonist in this. She would love this, too. Uh, you know, have the rest of the bullies. Like, have a lot of kids be really into this. And then uh, you can have the same thing. A student gets hurt because Chalmers, you know, doesn't think that he needs to watch these kids all the time and gets kicked out and then something happens and Bart and the kids use what Chalmers taught them to save the day and they realize oh maybe Chalmers way of doing things is helpful and so you know he gets his job back 
And from now on, they have like, you know, one day a week for like half a day, they do his way of teaching them. And obviously it's the Simpsons. So you don't have to honor that going forward. That's just how the episode ends. And that's it. And come up with some jokes around that. And then you have a coherent episode. That's kind of about something. It's like this episode is like 60% of that, man. Maybe 55%. It is. It's, it's, I would say 60%. It's a good, a good percentage. Uh, I think what it is today, it's just like they had that long lead up. All the jokes are not funny, and then the end is clipped heavily. Yeah, and I think for now, for that's the our bar is so low that we go sixty sixty percent of a good episode is like oh that's refreshing that's nice. It this is at least a Simpsons episode, right? It features Simpsons characters doing things. It is not just a vehicle for like a weird guest star to appear once and then disappear, uh, with also bad jokes. Um, I, so is that, and I think that makes it not broken, but clearly it's still flawed and makes it, this is, this is fine. That's what I say, Matt. This is fine. It's fine. It's not terrible. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's where we're at, where we go, oh, fine is, I is refreshing. Um, we can move on. We'll rank it at the end of the show. If I didn't say that, I'll say it now. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments of the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Um, Comments News Group is where I ask our supporters on Patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show to leave a review, and I read it on the air first from Tim. I like that Chalmers' character is developed and that we get to spend some time with the bullies without Kearney for some reason, but I have to admit I found the episode to be a bit underwhelming. It's been less than two days since I watched it, and I've almost completely forgotten it. It's number 355, not canon, but I'm not entirely sure it's broken. It does seem the writers accomplished what they wanted to. Maybe think about making them um, entertaining. That's always good advice uh, on your entertainment show. Uh, from Dara, off the top, John K. Couchkeg is fine, but Star Craving Dad is not allowed. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there's just some corporate executive on at Disney who d- d- is not even aware that it exists. If someone made a big stink about it, I guarantee you this episode disappeared too. Uh, the Booth Lincoln joke got a laugh out of me. Then they did the line about schools being all about feelings. And I imagine in 2012, Donald Trump watched it and decided to build an entire campaign around that sentiment. First Ukraine jokes last week, and now the police show up in riot gear at a school. Man, the Simpsons really do predict the future. Overall, it was fine, better than last week. I mean, this is the best episode of season 23. Trivia predictions are Bart gets an F and whacking day. Sorry, Dara. That's wrong on both on both fronts for me. I don't. I can't. I'm, I won't speak for Matt, but. Uh, I chose something incredibly obscure for trivia this this week. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, from Tauschen, I really enjoyed how surprising down to earth this episode was. My only real complaint is how we get into the plot and how it was resolved. Though while neither made any sense, given how it usually takes 10, 15 minutes to get into the plot, it might not actually be a bad thing. When I watch these later seasons, I get the feeling the writers are trying to present Bart as the show's antagonist, but we've seen time and again that when properly engaged, Bart excels. He and Chalmers are an unusual pairing, but it does work. Bart's not dumb. He's just not being engaged on a level. It's appealing to him, and that's what I like about the Teddy Roosevelt thing. That could have done without the random sexism. It's out of place, especially since the point seems to, me, seems to be it's easier to learn by doing. Finally, there's Skinner. He isn't a remotely likable, sympathetic character. He also keeps weirdly flip-flopping between incredibly stupid to confident. Him standing up to Chalmers is supposed to be some catharsis factor, but doesn't Chal- Chalmers not only get not only getting through to Bart, but the other problem students just reinforce how incompetent Skinner is? A lot of the time, the writers want the audience to sympathize with the character when they have suffered the consequences of their actions by ignoring how horrible those actions are. The fact that your characters show no remorse for them. They didn't get that far. They didn't think about any of that. The, that, that 40% we talked about earlier, that's like them just like, oh, we need these things to happen, so they happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Derek, you'd think I'd absolutely detest this because how Chalmers has been used lately, but surprisingly, it is one of their better efforts since entering the dreaded 20s. Fortunately, the episode is still dull and boring, with precious few laughs. Chalmers' character development goes absolutely nowhere. Then there is the contrived way the whole thing is written, kicking off with a stupid school auction set piece featuring a brain-dead Skinner, member of Mensa, no less, being utterly dumb so as to allow the plot to happen. Everything is wholly unoriginal. How many times have we seen Bart get a staff member fired and feel guilty about it? Every subsequent one having diminishing returns. Then it ends with Chalmers reverting back to the new note, one-note persona, quipping angrily at Skinner, walking back into the school in which he now permanently resides, ultimately rendering everything a waste of time. Uh, first and lastly from JJ let's get it out of the way even if you ignore what a monster John K is I think the couch gag sucks 
The episode is surprisingly good. Chalmers has become tiresome due to always being paired up with Skinner. As soon as you separate them, he becomes very interesting, especially for a supporting character who's never had his own episode before, something I always welcome. I loved all the scenes with Chalmers and Bart, as well as the development we get for Chalmers with allusions to his deceased wife. I think the plot loses its way in the final act with the boys taking over the school and just fizzles out at the end with the forced return to the status quo. But I think this is comparable to the Nedley sketch. Seem to be returning the character-focused stories as opposed to 20 minutes of nonsense just to get something out of the door. Yes, I agree with that. I think I will I will take a unfunny 20-minute character-focused thing that maybe meanders a bit, that's 60% of a good episode, over whatever last week was. I don't know what you call that. Or most to season 22, for that matter. Uh, you can join our cavalcade of calamity or parade of pain over there, patreon.com slash the Simpson show links in the show notes, or just go Google those things. You guys know how the internet works. Don't you? You have, a, you're listening to this on a computer. I would hope you're listening to this on a computer, wherever that computer is, whatever that computer is, whatever form it may take. You can, I think you can put it together. You're smart. I know. I believe in you. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite spy slash espionage movie? Lots of good answers. Matt, take it away. All right. First up from Aaron. Foreign Correspondent is an underrated Hitchcock classic. It is set and filmed at the start of World War II prior to the U.S. entering. And once you get past the usual 1940 movie tropes of corny love story and jingoistic ending, it's a terrific movie. Plus, the climactic scene on board the seaplane was probably the best set piece and most suspenseful Hitchcock scene, er, uh, most suspenseful scene Hitchcock ever did, which is saying a lot. Wow, uh, I've never heard of that one, and I'm going to go watch it this afternoon. Uh, from Matt, I have to go with the whole James Bond franchise. Some of the films lean towards heavy espionage, while others sometimes forget that they are spy films. There is no doubt that the franchise caused a major spy boom back in the 60s due to the success of the films. You just have to look towards the plots and the gadgets uh, that Q provides for Bond to see a glimpse of espionage. Just a little bit. Uh, from Dara, I'm going to go do my usual when I have no clear favorite and pick a few. Casino Royale, the Daniel Craig version for a Bond film, and Get Smart, the Steve Carell version for popcorn film. And for my forever love of the mafia, Donnie Brasco. Sure, not a traditional spy movie, but the actual story of Joe Pistone going undercover is an incredible read, and I think this movie started my mafia fandom. You're not wrong, Dar. A lot of stuff around the mafia, you don't think of it as spy stuff because it's not between nation states, but it pretty much qualifies. Uh, let's see, from Tim, the Bond franchise in general, but I'll send a little love for Live and Let Die to give Roger Moore some credit. He's to Sean Connery in much the same way Sammy Hagar is to David Lee Roth. I'm sure that lands for somebody, but it definitely doesn't land for me. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> I, mean, I get it. I understood that, Tim. I'm sorry. Matt is, Matt is not the audience for that reference. Uh, that's true. Uh, Van Halen is, is not one of my uh, top bands that I know anything about. All right, next up from Andy, American Assassin by Vince Flynn, another great book in the Mitch Rapp series. Hmm. Uh, from Quesosaurus666, fantastic name. Spy Kids is by far my favorite. It was such an exciting movie to watch as a kid, especially to see all the cool gadgets. Quite memorable characters as well. Uh, from Gonzo the Great 93, it's got to be the Austin Powers movies. Spy movies are almost always silly if you think about them for a minute, so it's not hard to parody them well, and Austin Powers holds up surprisingly well. Yeah, baby, yeah! Oh, no. And finally, from Brian, all of my fellow socialites know that Cars 2 is the best spy movie of lore. I'm just kidding. I like the first two Austin Powers. The twist with Dr. Evil and three was dumb. I'm not sure I've seen three. Ever. Have you seen Austin Powers three, Robbie? What, uh, Goldmember? Is that what someone was? Hmm. That's three. I yeah, oh, I saw that one. That's three. That's what three is. It's fine. Okay. That's when... All right, then. It's when the... That's uh, the, the mojo. Michael Myers' mojo was running out. That's the true secret. Uh, when yeah. That's when you're like, oh... You're like, oh, and then what? Love Guru? Oh boy, jeez, maybe the most unwatchable movie ever made. Um, did, did Robbie, you, what is your answer? I was going to say, but did you ask me? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give two answers because one I feel like is one, here. One is my true answer, but there are probably people out there listening who will go, "That doesn't count." Uh, my 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 true answer is Burn After Reading. Oh, that's such a good one. Mm. Which is sort of a spy movie. It involves spies. There are spies in the movie, uh, but true. it's mostly about how stupid. Pe- it's like you know, it's about a comedy of errors of people involved in like tangentially espionage related things. 
but largely is nothing to do with actual spy stuff. My uh, real answer is uh, Goldeneye. I'm, it's my favorite Bond movie. Oh, that's quality. Um, Pierce Brosnan is my, he's the Bond I grew up with. So I, it's the one I, even if half of his movies are the worst Bond movies, like the, those, the last couple are, might be the worst Bond movies ever. Um, but I do still love Goldeneye a lot. Um, and I think it manages that, that the balance of like camp and serious spy stuff very well. Uh, you know, What's James Bond's kind of the sweet spot of both. Um, what's your answer, man? So uh, like everyone else, I seem to have two of these. One, because like, uh, I forget who said it, but it's so easy to parody spy movies. And I have to go with Top Secret because that movie is goofy as all hell. Top and Secret's I have, great. <laughs> it's so stupid, but I love it. It's very spy focused. Um, in terms of like actual spy movies, um, I actually really liked Argo, uh, the Ben Affleck movie about getting the... Uh, uh, Iranian hostage uh, crisis people out uh, as best they can. Uh, it's very tense and involves a lot of back and forth and sort of thing. And it's closer to, you know, real spying and real espionage than a lot of other movies that are supposed to be about spies. And it's just really good in general. I'm going to give a shout out to Tinker Taylor's Soldier Spy as well, which Ooh, is also a good one, which is also like is more like an Argo where it's very realistic and kind of low. Like it's about like, human human like social you know engineering and and like like lying people to their people's faces and living lies which is very you know sad and dark but also <laughs> a, a key yeah. to real life espionage um next week's question now for something completely different what's your favorite chalmers quote that isn't steamed hams Ooh, that's gonna be a tough one now I knew that if I, I know that if we ask, I'm sure we have asked a favorite Chalmers quote, and I guarantee you most of them are steamed hams answers. So I want a Chalmers quote that is not steamed hams related. Okay, anything else is fine. If you give me a steamed hams answer, I'm not going to read it. Okay, Just telling you right now. I'll post it on our subreddit. There's a link to that in the show notes. R the Simpson Show. You can email us the Simpson Show Pod at gmail.com, and I post it on our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/TheSimpsonShow. We can move on. Time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. Um, uh, Matt is beating me one to nothing. Uh, and Thanks to Robbie not being able to remember Richard Gere. Richard Gere, that's his name. Um, but also, uh, <laughs> I had, like, I think I had double the amount of brain functioning brain cells last week, Matt. I have none today. I am i don't know if I'll get any points. Um, give me an easy question. All right. Your easy question. What large mouse-based entertainment company sues the Springfield Elementary Carnival in Lisa the Beauty Queen? Um, the, uh, the Walt Disney Company. You are correct. I made that extra easy for you this week. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the pity. Uh, okay, Matt. I apologize in advance. Um, these are all brutal. In We're on the Road to Dowhere, Homer takes Bart. We're on the Road to Dowhere, season 17. Homer takes Bart to disciplinary camp instead of going where with the guys. Oh, oh God. Where is he going in that episode? It's season 17. Robbie, you're the worst. <laughs> I told oh. you. Sorry. This is what it took last last season. I won, Matt, because this is what I did. All right, because I was mean, and this is what it takes. God, um, Bar gets in trouble. He he destroys the school, so they send him to camp in Oregon. He can't fly, so Homer has to drive him. Homer was in right. I remember Ur that part of the episode of just okay. where were the guys going. That's what I don't remember. I want to say it's like. I don't think it's the Super Bowl. I don't think it's a weird Duff Brewery that's not in Springfield. I they were going to I don't know Carnival. <laughs> Is that your final answer, Matt? Yes, I have no clue. Vegas. They're going to Vegas. Vegas, of course. That's Which we don't ever know. actually see. Homer ends up yeah. in Vegas. We don't see anything that happens in Vegas. It's I, if we rewatch the season like those teen years again, I'm pretty sure we would stop doing the podcast. Those episodes are so bad. All right, what's my medium question? All right, your medium question. In Bart Carney, what ride do Bart and Lisa ride during their first trip to the carnival? The haunted house type ride. Yeah, I remember 
a really the really bad haunted house. Um, it is a I want to say it has like a really hokey name too. Um, but that's kind of the charm. It is something I want to say it has terror in it. Terror, tour of terror. Uh, sorry, Robbie. Is the screamatorium of Doctor Fright Merstein? Okay, it's it's a different tact of corny, but it's still there. I like yeah. it. I still do like that. All right, you're reading a question, Matt. According to this episode, according to we're on the road to Delaware, Skinner drives what year, make, and model of car? This is your medium question. Oh. You get. I'll give you graduated points for every element you get correct. Okay. With um, a bonus point if you get the color of the car right. I in this episode, I'm gonna say it is a 1992 green Mercury Mercure. I don't know if that's this episode or a different one, but yeah, it's on going up. Sorry, Matt. It is a 19. 19- <laughs> I I saw the bit in this episode with the late 90s cars, and I and I looked for Chalmers on Freakiac, <laughs> and it, this it led me here. Um, he drives in 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 this episode in particular. Skinner drives a 1995 beige Toyota Camry. Of course, of course, the blandest of all vehicles. It is. It is. I think that that is at least right. Where it's like the boringest vehicle possible. What's my hard question? Your hard question. In O oh Brother, Where Art Thou? What booth does Herb Powell's mother work at at the carnival? Oh, God. Uh, I'm just picturing. I just hear Danny DeVito. Um, oh, uh, she worked at the dunk tank. <sighs> you are correct. That's right. That's right. I really thought you would guess like the ring toss or something. I'm not used to there being a dunk tank at a carnival. At least not like a, I, I just, you know, one that people go to. I just, I mean, I'm going to admit it, Matt. I was a 1000% shot in the dark. <laughs> uh, it just happened to work out for me. You're a hard question, man. In we're, we're on the road to Delaware. Superintendent Chalmers and State Comptroller Atkins are at what hotel, in what city, in what rooms? What in the <laughs> hell? Uh, uh, they're at... Uh, they're in Toronto at the Marriott in room... I, I don't know, uh, 1620 and 1621. Uh, no, sorry. You are incorrect on all, yeah, account, so. on all accounts, Matt. <laughs> uh, they are in Scottsdale at the Hyatt. Because uh, we, we we have a – Skinner shows Chalmers on tele, on a television. And then we see that Chalmers is talking to Atkins on a television. This None of this technology makes any sense. But that is how they're communicating. And Chalmers goes, you're in Scottsdale at the Hyatt? And Chalmers is in room 381, and Atkins is in room 502. I will say, Matt, mm-hmm. that all of this is spoken aloud, okay? I didn't use my... I know, my, my, I know, my, I know, my, but it's also season 17, the season that I avoid, like, the plague. Maybe you should just start rewatching it. <laughs> no, ew. <laughs> ew, no. I'd rather lose. Well, I have made a triumphant comeback in, season, in, in week two of season 23. I am now have a four to one on Matthew... I've returned. I guess my brain cells are firing enough today. I don't know what happened. Maybe the caffeine's finally kicking in. I just took 600 milligrams. <laughs> Jeez. It's not good. Don't do what I do, guys. It's bad. Bad idea. Don't do what I do. Um, we can move on to our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode Ever. Best episode ever is the part where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Uh, this is better than last week. Oh, for sure. Okay, so there's that. Um, that's not a high bar to clear. That's pretty, still pretty bad, but it's better than that. Um, I honestly think this episode will go relatively high. Um, in the yeah, I mean, I, it's in the two hundreds. I would say somewhere. That's what I was thinking. I was like, it'll be above three hundred, probably not above two hundred though, because two hundred we're getting some seriously good episodes. So somewhere in there, I would say this is better uh, than the Great Simsina, right? Agreed. From agreed. Last season. Uh, okay, okay. Another education based one. Special Edna. This sixty one. This is better than Special Edna, I think. Okay, good. We agree on that at least. 
Uh, okay, okay, we're getting up. I think this Go is ahead. better than. I, I think. Let's see. There's Viva Ned Flanders two forty. I think mm. we're that's running up against it, but I, we're not going to go much it higher. Is, it is, than yeah, because I think right below that is Simpson Tide. I think this is better than Simpson Tide. Um, let's it's, see. Now we're into some season one episodes. Bart the Genius. We're actually above a lot of season one episodes. The low, the low uh, end of the season one episodes well, for well, sure, well, yeah. and the and the worst episode of season two, which is Dance and Homer. This is this is better yeah. than that. Uh, it's not a high bar to clear, but I don't think this is going to go much higher. <laughs> I think Bart the Genius is better. Um, I think oh, Bart, for sure. For I think sure. Bart the I Genius is better. Today, we have Today I Am a Clown right below that. Can you remember what Today I Am a Clown, clown is about, Matt? Uh, it's about Krusty. I think isn't that, that Krusty's Bar Mitzvah episode? Um, yes, I think that is better than this. I think that actually has an ending. I want to say right, and this kind of does it. Um, there's old man in the sea student. That's where Bart breaks the, uh, the, the old folks out after screwing up the Olympics. Uh, ooh. I think this is better than that. I think so too. Yeah. I was like, wow, why is that so high? <laughs> it's cause it's, there's it, like this one, Matt, it has g- good things in it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't round out. Like this is where this That's is fair, this yeah. part of that list. That this is our part of the list where it's like there's really good stuff in the episode, but it doesn't hang together. Like it starts falling apart. There's pieces here and there where you're like, why do they do that? Why do they do that? Like this scene's good. This scene's good. Oh, this part isn't. Why? You don't know necessarily, but I think that's that gives us a good. I think that's a good spot. I think it's a good spot. Higher than I thought it would be, honestly. Um, which I'm happy about. I like when that happens. Yeah, I like watching halfway enjoyable episodes of the Simpsons, despite what our, our podcast reviews might tell you. Uh huh. We're, we are terrible, mean people. Cause we talk about how bad the Simpsons is at points. Like have these people watched the Simpsons in season like 19? That's my question, Matt. Like the people who don't like us being like, if you don't like us being negative about bad things, I get it, but we're not n- negative for no reason. We're negative because the episodes are abysmal. Uh, this is also and we're nice to them when they're decent. Exactly when they're good, they're, we call them good. Um, honestly, I think we're too nice sometimes. Some of these episodes, like, I it's not just us frothing out of the mouth and screaming for the entire podcast is uh, like a achievement. Um, so that's number two thirty eight on our list, right below today. I am a clown, right above the old man and the sea student. Our, certainly our highest ranked episode of season 23 will not be our highest. I guarantee you that, Matt. We're going to have higher episodes than this. The, the Bart Cruise ship Apparently, episode. Yeah. Bart Cruise ship episodes in this season. I've, I've seen it relatively recently. I think it is legitimately a good episode. So it's going to go in the 200, at least in the 100s, maybe even in the double digits. It's possible. Um, this is number new, number 53 in our post-Golden Years ranking. Um we're not done yet. We have one more thing to do before we leave. One more question to answer. And that question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! I think it stays. I think this is cannon. Yeah, there's really no reason to get rid of this, and I think it really adds to Chalmers. I so, wish they yes. would... I wish that some of the stuff they do with Chalmers here just sticks around more. Like, I wish they made more of a concerted effort right. to... Like, they just keep... I don't know. We'll, we're gonna we'll keep an eye on Chalmers. We'll see if we get any more. I don't know of any other really Chalmers episodes until more recent seasons, but we'll see. Um, we're gonna answer the same question about every episode on the list, working our way down from the top. Uh, we're at number one sixty one on our list, which is C E Doe. Matt, hmm. do you remember C E Doe? I do actually. Yes. Uh, hmm. Should that one stay? I mean, that's where we learned that the plan is actually run by Canary M Burns. I mean, not uh, run by, it's owned by, like, a figurehead. Owned by, sorry. Not, owned the, by, the canary yes. does not run the plant. It's not that ridiculous. Even though, to be uh, fair, in season 14, if they you told me that they had an episode where a, a bird ran a plant. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I believe you. All right. Um, <laughs> I think it stays. I think that, that that episode is, it has some, again, it's season 14. I think that is, it has actual, like, Homer behaving like a human. I think it's why the episode's so high on this list. In, mm-hmm. in an era when 
Homer was frequently written as inhuman, as some weird monster man. So exactly, he stays. Of course, it's canon. Oh yeah, I think it's an interesting episode. Um, and it's funny, you know. Which I will every week, Matt. I give Scully, Mike Scully, years more and more credit because they still wrote jokes. They were they, they were, tried they, at least most of the time. I, I mean, I laugh at. I laugh and then I cringe at Scully or episodes, Matt. That's that's like I feel like the like it's where you like you laugh. You're like, oh, that's funny. You're like, oh, that's so not funny. It's that that whiplash back and forth. Um, not boring. Give it that. Our next episode, Matt. Next week, Dress for Horror. Dress for Horror twenty two, where we get a diving bell and the butterfly and in, in a parody of diving bell and the butterfly and Spider Man. What? Hmm. How do you put those two things together? Um, we have a Dexter parody uh, with Ned becoming a, a, a killer. And we have an Avatar parody. Interesting Avatar parody for Trials of Horror. All right. I mean, they're doing Diving Bell and the Butterfly and Spider-Man. Neither of those are horror properties. I don't know what. Mm. I don't. I don't know what's I don't I, I I don't have high hopes, Matt. I don't have high hopes, but I'm I'm I neither do I. I I like them to be. It, I I just want some. If it's funny, that's really all I hope for at this point. With like a trails far bit, like can it just have some laughs? Um, that's next time you can watch along with us. Um, for you go, you can find me online at robbydorman dot com. Has links to all my stuff. My newest book is called Dead End. It's about zombies uh, and late stage capitalism, about a giant conglomerate not. Definitely not Amazon turning their workers into zombies and a warehouse guy trying his best to stop them. Joe. It's a great book. Uh, if you like zombie stories, you'll love it. If you like uh, compelling thrillers, you'll like it. If you like social commentary zombie stories, you'll like it. Um, it's literally anywhere you can buy a book, you can buy my book. If you message me somewhere, I'll also just send you a, a book for uh, not a very amount, a large amount of money. Uh, if you want it signed, <laughs> uh, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is accurate. I spend all of my time taking care of kittens. And luckily, I have got some recent graduates that are still hanging around for some reason. And you can check them out at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. Uh, you can see how adorable they are and how they would fit into your organization. If you need someone to take all the blame but look so cute that no one can get mad at them, well, have I got the best workers for you. But you can check them out and see how cute they are. And, well, these are already spoken for. But in the next round of interns, you can check them out and possibly adopt them. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Thank you, boy. This is... Shh.